Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Uh, In this broadcast, we see the wonderful God in whom Abraham believed. He's the God who gives life to the dead and who calls things not being as being. We're going to have a marvelous life study from the book of Romans today as we look at Abraham, the example of justification. And we're glad that you've joined us for this program, The Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, provided by Living Stream Ministry in Anaheim, California. Witness Lee co-labored with Watchman Nee in China more than a half century ago, and those two faithful servants labored together diligently until Watchman Nee was eventually imprisoned by the communists. And Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan and then to the United States. And we're so happy that we're able to bring you this program along with the excerpts of the recorded messages as given initially by Witness Lee. And Dick Taylor has stopped by once again to join us for more fellowship for our life study from Romans. Dick, these uh, Roman studies, I think, have been every bit as good and as tasty as our life study of Genesis. Yes, they have. I am so happy to be in the life study of Romans. I've been really impressed with the life study of Romans to see how Paul seemed to be fully in the view of Genesis as he wrote the epistle to the Romans. And in Genesis, the Holy Spirit gives us a crystal clear picture of justification. Would you say a short word of introduction about this? Uh, Apparently, we're touching doctrinal matters, such as justification. But actually, Paul is writing this book based on experience. And the proof of this is the fact that he gives us not just merely a doctrinal dissertation related to justification, but he gives us a living model, pattern, and example in the person of Abraham. Abraham is a person who believed God, and the God he believed in is the God who gives life to the dead and who calls things not being as being. So he surely enjoyed justification in his life, in his experience, not just a doctrinal way. I like this verse in Romans 4.3. It says, what does the scripture say? And Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. We, as Christians today, we believe in Jesus Christ. While believing into him, it is accounted to us as righteousness. Justification means to be approved by God according to his standard of righteousness. And apart from Christ and believing in this Christ, no man can be justified in the sight of God. And Paul, in writing about justification, brings us to Abraham who believed in this very one 
who calls things not being as being and who gives life to the dead. That means he believes in the God of resurrection. He believed in the God of resurrection, and this became his justification. That's right. Let's join Witness Lee for today's life study. I surely love this book because Romans is written in such a solid and substantial way. It covers a lot of doctrines, but it is written according to the experiences. It is not at all according to any kind of theory. It is all based upon facts and experiences. Even with this matter of justification, the writer, the Apostle Paul, picked up a good example. Not merely a doctrine, but a solid, a substantial example. And this example is a person. This person's name is Abraham. You have to know Adam was created, but Abraham was called. There is a big difference between being created and being called. You know, the book of Genesis, from chapter 1 to the middle part of chapter 10, Genesis covers the history of the created race of which Adam was the father and the head. In Genesis 4, man disapproved of holding God. In Genesis 11, man exchanged God for idols. Then fornication followed. So up to Chapter 19, ah, the human race who gave up God for idols fell into Sodom fornication. And then you can see following Sodom, all kinds of weakness came in. This is the background of the record of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 was written according to the history of the human fall. Firstly, disapproving of holding God. Secondly, exchanging God for idols. Thirdly, falling into that shameful fornication to the uttermost. Fourthly, all kind weakness came in. This is the record Paul wrote in first chapter of his book. During the process of such a terrible fall, something happened. 
something happened. There was a mercy. What mercy? The mercy that God called out of. Amen. Called out of the given up race. Called out of just one person. Wait, his wife. If you go into seventh chapter of Acts, you could see the God of glory appeared to him. God called Abraham not by mere word, but by his glory. The glory appeared to Abraham. So that was the attraction. Abraham was attracted by God of glory. So he got the calling. Do you know, in a sense, it is absolutely the same with us. More or less, we the sinners who God saved have seen the glory. Dick, I'd like to pick up a phrase that Witness Lee used in this portion. Referring back to Genesis, he said that there is a big difference between being created and being called. And the second of these two is much more related to his glory. Say a word about how God's glory is related to our calling. This is a tremendous point. Uh, None of us by nature have any faith. You don't, I don't. Our faith comes directly from the infusion and the transfusion of the very God of glory. And the God of glory appeared to Abraham many times. Without the appearing of the God of glory, Abraham would have no believing ability. It was the very infusion and transfusion of the God of glory into Abraham that allowed him to have the very believing element that comes from God. Many times people may say, oh, you need to have more faith. You need to muster up more faith. To tell you the truth is absolutely wrong. What we need is more enjoyment of the God of glory. And even Christ is referred to in Hebrews as the very effulgence of God's glory. That means uh, God is like the sun shining, and the outraying of the sun is just the effulgence. And Christ is the very rays of God, the God of glory, reaching man. He's not only the God of glory, he's even the very outraying of the God of glory. So as we spend time with him in prayer, we spend time with him in the word and with one another, we are actually being infused with the attractive one, the immense magnet, the greatest attraction in the whole universe, Jesus Christ, and his very elements being infused into us. And that becomes the very believing element in us to allow us to be those who are like Abraham's descendants of faith. So I appreciate this point. In Acts 7-2, Stephen was preaching, and he said, The God of glory, the Lord of glory, appeared to our father Abraham. Abraham had no faith to get out of his situation except for the appearance over and over again of the God of glory. It's a wonderful picture. It changes I think the whole feeling, the whole concept that maybe we previously have held about faith. That's true. 
the God of glory appears and faith is transfused in the person of Christ into us. Isn't that wonderful? What a picture. It's the person of Christ that allows the transfusion of faith. And he is the most attractive one. When you hear about this Christ who's both God and man and his full ministry covering the entire New Testament revelation and that today he's the wonderful life-giving spirit, you cannot help but be attracted and drawn and magnetized and even fall in love with this dear one who is so approachable, so enjoyable. And as we look away to him, turn to him, contact him, we get infused with him as the very believing element. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for more of our life study. Abraham was called by the glory of God, by the God of glory. Yet, he was the same as we are. Don't think you are weaker and he's stronger. No. Don't appreciate Abraham so much and don't depreciate yourself so much. You and he are just on the same level. He got called, yet he didn't have the boldness to leave the country of idolatry. His father brought him out of the place of Babel. Abraham still was not so bold. And that forced God to take away his father. And his father died there. Well, eventually Abraham was absolutely called out. Absolutely called out. No more the father, no more the nephew, even no more a servant. Only poor Abraham with that weak lady. That's all. You know, up to this point, he and his wife <laughs> were really called out. But don't say it really, still not so really. Why? Because he was still not out of himself. The wife of Abraham proposed something just to testify. Abraham still was not fully called out. He was still remaining in his old creation. God's intention was to call this one out of any part, any bit of the old creation. Not only out of your country, out of your kingdom, out of your father's house, but also out of yourself. During this time, the dear wife came in to propose something, to get... uh, Hagar, married with Abraham. And that brought in the biggest trouble. Ishmael. You know, today all the Arabs are the descendants of Ishmael. So today the descendants of Abraham are still suffering of Abraham's mistake. Until what day he was out of himself? Until he was 100 years of age. When he considered himself just as good as a dead man. Surely every dead man is out of himself. (laughs) But that time when 
Abraham got to be 100 years of age, and he looked at himself, and he considered himself, nothing. I'm through. I'm nothing. Just as good as dead. The whole human race created by God got folded to such an extent that God was exchangeable for idols. So God couldn't do anything. So God called out one. And this one has to be out. To be out of everything that was not God himself. To be a new race. To be a head of a new race. Now, let me check with you. Are we still belonging to the created and fallen race? No. Or are we the called ones? We are now belonging to the called race. But sorry to say, we are the same as our father. We are the same as Abraham. When he was called, he was called step after step. Not absolutely. Now we are also on the process of steps. Of steps. Don't be bothered by this. Regardless how weak you are, how slow you are, I have the full assurance, sooner or later, you'll be called out. You'll be called out. You just believe me. Tonight, I would encourage you, get out. Get yourself out of anything that is not God. Dick, speaking of our being called, of course, all genuine believers in Christ can claim this experience. Surely, we have all been called, or else we could not have believed in the gospel and received Christ in the first place. But address this comment that our calling is not complete until we have been called out of ourselves, even everything that is not God himself. This is tremendous because this is the highest revelation of being called out. Many times we may think being called out by God is just an objective matter. It started that way with Abraham. First, he's called out of one country into another. He's called out of his father's house, out of his kindred. But still, this is very objective. Eventually, God's calling was not just to call Abraham out of places and things, but to call him even out of himself and into everything that God himself is. So in a sense, God's calling us out is from one person to another person. Eventually, it's totally even out of ourselves and into God himself. Apparently, God's calling was to call Abraham into the good land, but it was to call him out of everything other than God, even including himself, into God himself. So this is a tremendous picture. I like Paul in Philippians 3.9. He says, that I may be found in him. So God's desire in calling us out is to call us out of everything that is not him, including ourself, but into all that he is as the most wonderful person in the whole universe. I don't know about you, but even during this broadcast, I want to be called out of everything into this dear, precious God of ours. 
This is the country we need to be called out of. Yeah, that's the country we need to be called out of, and this is the country we need to be called into, is Christ himself. Let's join Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. Now, you all have to realize the called race eventually becomes the believing race. Abraham was a called one, then he became a believing one. He was called out of everything. Surely, he had no other way but to trust in God. His first trust was this, that when he was called out, he didn't know where to go. God only told him, come out of your country, out of your kindred, and go. Go to where? He didn't know. So he was forced to take one way, that is trusting in God. Okay, the very God in whom Abraham believed is a God that calls things not being as being. This means he could create anything out of nothing. He could create anything out of nothing. He is the creator. He calls out the things not being, not existing, as being, as existing. Abraham believed in such a God. And this God was applied to his situation. You see, he was dead, in a sense. And he had no power, no energy, no strength to produce any children. But God called Isaac, not being as being. There was not such an Isaac. And there was no possibility to produce such an Isaac. But God said, Isaac will be there. Then Isaac came. He called not being as being. If we do believe in Jesus, we have to believe him in this way. Jesus is the almighty creator who can create anything, everything, all things out of nothing. He can call things not existing as existing. The very God in whom Abraham believed was the God that gave life to the dead. This could also, and was also already, applied to Abraham. When God asked Abraham to offer his son Isaac, he did it. And Hebrew 11 tells us that when he did this, he had the faith that God will bring back his son. He offered his son to death, and God will give life to his son. And he could have a sin bag in resurrection. Today, if we do mean business in believing in Jesus, we all have to believe in Jesus in this way. We believe he is the creator that calls nothing as being. But also, we believe him as the life giver as the one that can raise up the dead. 
Dick, in the matter of justification, as we have been speaking today, we have Abraham as the graphic example. Right. And the New Testament reveals that his being justified was the result of his believing God. How do we see his faith in a way that led to his being justified? I believe the best way to see his faith in this way is if we would read Romans 4.17. The God in whom he believed is the God who gives life to the dead and calls the things not being as being. Abraham believed God regarding two things. Number one, the birth of Isaac. It mentions in many verses in Hebrews 11 and also here in Romans 4 that Abraham was beyond hope and his wife was beyond hope. Impossible for them at their age to have a baby. And so where's Isaac going to come from? Where's this child going to come from? Well, this indicates that Abraham believed God's word to him that he would have a seed and the God he was believing in is the God who calls the things not being as being. Apparently there's no chance. It's impossible to have such a person as Isaac. But the God who calls the things not being as being called Isaac into existence. Isn't this wonderful? And not only this, but Abraham was also the person who believed God, the God who gives life to the dead. And this is especially evident in his offering up and the gaining back of Isaac. When he put Isaac on the altar, it looked like that's the end. But he believed God. God came in and put a substitute for Isaac on the altar, a ram that was caught in the thicket. Isaac's taken off of the altar. So Isaac had passed through death, entered into resurrection. And this brings us to this other characteristic of our God, That is, he's the God who gives life to the dead. We Christians are the descendants of believing Abraham. We are of the seed of Abraham. We are of faith, just as Abraham was of faith. So precious that we believe in the God who calls things not being as being. Apparently, it's impossible for us to be a Christian. But our God, by believing into him, believing in his son, is called something impossible, possible. And also, it seems impossible for us who are destined to death, for us to have life, the eternal life, which is Christ himself. But our God gives life to the dead. So it's so good to see that his faith, in a way that led to his being justified, was particularly in the God who calls things not being as being, and the God who gives life to the dead. And we believe, Chris, also in this God. Thank you, Dick, for your fellowship. I look forward. You're going to be back with us real soon, I trust, in another Romans Life Study, and they are just unfolding in a marvelous way. They sure are. Good to be here, Chris. Thank you. We'll be back with the Life Study of Romans once again and Witness Lee. I'm Chris Wilde, and thank you for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. 
That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.